Welcome to the Wit & Wire podcast, where we help podcast hosts climb the charts, turn a profit, and make an impact. I'm your host, Melissa Guller, and in each episode, we share simple tips and creative strategies to help you create a binge-worthy podcast that listeners love. Can I first say what a week? Between April 21st and April 28th, which is the day this episode will go live, I feel like there have been more podcast industry announcements than I can even keep up with. And today my goal is just to share the most critical updates, including a spotlight focus on Apple's huge introduction of Apple paid subscriptions. I've done the research so I can give you the key info you'll need to understand how this will affect you as a current or aspiring podcaster, at least to the best of my knowledge so far, since it's all pretty brand new. On top of that, Apple was not the only big name to make headlines this week. Spotify and Facebook have also announced major updates about live audio experiences, podcast integrations, and of course, creator monetization. So I had to fully re-record this episode at the 11th hour, which I have never done before, to give you my best attempt at a complete update. And by the way, I have links to a half a dozen articles in the complete show notes at witandwire.com 34 in case you do want to read more about any of the announcements featured in today's episode. With that out of the way, let's start off by asking the big picture question and getting on the same page. What did Apple announce and why is it such a big deal? For this, I'm going to share information I've read directly from Apple's press release on April 21st. So here are the three main features coming out by May 2021. Number one an online hub for podcasters called Apple Podcasts for Creators. This site includes Apple Podcasts Connect, where you can manage your RSS feed as you've always been able to do, and now they've also added more analytics and a few helpful guides for podcasters. As an example, they have a few help articles on things like trailers and how to use them or embedding players. And to me, this is all kind of interesting, but I don't see a ton of new information or insights here. I'll include a link in the show notes, but my favorite podcast hosting platforms like Buzzsprout and Captivate, they're already providing these same analytics for me. And on top of that, the data you see in your hosting platform isn't just about Apple. I can also see analytics from listeners on Spotify, from my embedded website players, and from all the tiny apps I've never heard of. So again, that link to the full comparison post is in the show notes to the top podcast hosting platforms at any budget. And if you're curious to learn more about that, it is there for you. But for today, I'll just say that this announcement is interesting, but I think it's mostly a necessity. I say necessity about this whole Apple Podcasts for Creators Hub because Apple needed it to update a lot of things to enable Apple paid subscriptions. And that's the big headliner. That's what requires the new technology and things like payment processing and reporting. So I will get to all of that shortly. But to me, that's where this update is coming from. On to big update number two, Apple Podcasts is releasing a pretty major redesign of the listener experience for iOS 14.5. Improvements to listener experience are actually a huge deal for us as podcast hosts. And here's why. The easier something is to use, the more likely people are to actually use it and to stick around. And over the last three to four-ish years, more people have started not only listening to podcasts for the first time, but choosing apps that aren't Apple to do that. And Apple obviously doesn't want that at all. Apple is a business, and at the end of the day, they want to get as many listeners using their app as possible. And with this redesign in particular, 
I really enjoyed a conversation from the Buzzsprout team where they pointed out that Apple's new design looks much better, but it also looks nothing like the design or even the language that you'll find in other alternative listening apps like Overcast. They also pointed out the fact that Apple isn't targeting podcast junkies. They most likely designed this new experience with podcast newbies in mind, people who have never listened to podcasts before. So as an example, here are two of those subtle language shifts that you'll start to notice in the new Apple Podcasts interface. First, as I shared in Wittenwire's episode 32, they have shifted from subscribing to a podcast to following a podcast. And this is more in line with other social media platforms, but now, as predicted, Apple has decided that following a podcast is free to do, while subscribing to a podcast implies payment. So more on that in a second. The other interesting language shift is from saying that you can download a podcast to instead saving a podcast. And the word download originated from the fact that you did literally used to download audio files to your computer the same way we all used to download MP3s from the internet before Spotify and streaming took over. So I think in this case, Apple's decision to call it saving an episode for later makes way more sense and is a lot more user-friendly. Before I talk about paid subscriptions, here are just a few more cool things about the redesigned listener interface coming out with iOS 14.5 in roughly May of 2021. So first there's an enhanced search tab, which should hopefully make it easier for people to find you, to browse the top charts and categories, and maybe it'll make discoverability in-app even better. Maybe you've heard me say before that I don't think discoverability is very easy within Apple right now. I think, you know, five years ago, more people would go to Apple, search around, find their shows, and that's how they discovered podcasts. But for the last few years, it hasn't been that easy to navigate around their app. So usually you find your new podcast elsewhere, maybe a recommendation from a friend, or you find somebody on Instagram and then you realize that they have a podcast or you find something from Pinterest. There are so many places where you can find podcasts and you can think about how you personally discover shows, but very few people I know just go to Apple to find all of their favorite new podcasts. And I do think recommendation from a friend is still pretty far up there. Word of mouth matters a ton, but I think Apple is finally trying to make it easier to actually find new shows that you like in their app because they want you to stay there. So it makes perfect sense. There's another nice new feature called Smart Play, which is mostly helpful for serial shows. So what does that mean? A serial show is something that takes place chronologically where you really need to listen to the episodes in order, starting with episode one. There's a clear underlying plot connecting the episodes. On the other hand, most of our podcasts, including Wit & Wire, are called episodic podcasts, meaning that although we might release new episodes on a regular basis, you can listen to them in any order. So what the smart play button does is it can identify that if your show is serial, which you indicate in your podcast settings, then it will play your podcast from episode one and move along from there. And so for many of us, maybe this is not the most show-stopping feature, but I do think it's pretty cool. To sum up this whole point, which is, you know, Big Apple update number two around listener interface improvements, I would say that I appreciate that Apple is making it easier for listeners to navigate around their app and to continue listening to podcasts because the less friction that listeners feel, the more likely they are to continue listening to our shows. 
That brings me to the biggest announcement of all and the main topic I've been excited to get into this episode, and that is the release of Apple Paid Subscriptions. As a podcast host, you will now have three different podcast types to choose from when it comes to the way your show appears in Apple specifically. First, it can stay a free podcast. I expect that this is what most people will do, and if that's you, you will not need to do anything differently. Free is the default. Then the second type is a paid podcast. Listeners will have to subscribe to your show and pay you a small monthly fee in order to unlock access to your content. So there are currently paid podcasts. They just don't exist natively in Apple. So particularly through networks like Luminary, I would say the huge difference here is the fact that Apple will now be able to process those payments. So imagine looking in your app and seeing a subscribe for $4.99 a month button. Well, if your credit card is already hooked up to your Apple account, like I know it is, you can imagine how much more seamless this buying decision will be compared to asking somebody to go to your website or to your Patreon page and then put in their credit card and then pay you. And to me, that's probably the biggest benefit that Apple has going for them with the new paid subscription option, which is just the sheer ease of making a buying decision for the listener. Now, before I talk about numbers and earning and all of my favorite things, I wanted to circle back to podcast type number three. So number one was a free podcast. Number two is a paid podcast. And number three is a hybrid where some of your content is free, but something else you offer might be paid. So here are a few examples. First, maybe subscribers unlock access to extra bonus episodes. Second, Maybe paid subscribers get access to the same episodes, but they're ad-free. Third, maybe there are only five free episodes, which act kind of as a sampler, but then in order to get the rest of the library, including the future new releases, you would need to become a monthly subscriber. These are just three things I made up, and Apple's terms don't dictate what you can and can't do, so there are a ton of creative possibilities. At this point, I've shared the new podcast types, But now we need to talk about earning potential here. And in particular, I want to compare Apple's payout structure against Patreon. In case you've never heard of Patreon, they're one of many companies that podcasters often use to have members support their show on a monthly basis. So Apple paid subscriptions is now a direct competitor for Patreon and a handful of other platforms. With Apple, if you're interested in enabling either partial or full paid subscription options for your podcast, you'll need to pay Apple $19.99 per year US dollars in order to just have the account that unlocks those features. Again, if you just want to have a free podcast, you don't need to do this. I don't think that fee is unreasonable, but then on top of that, Apple takes a cut of all subscriptions you earn as we would expect. So if somebody pays you $5 a month, Apple will take 30% of that money for that subscriber's full first year and then 15% per year after that. So in other words, it's not about how old your podcast is, it's about how long somebody pays you. This is the same pricing model they've long used for apps in their app store, in case you're curious about where those numbers came from. But if you're wondering if that's a high percentage and you don't want to do the math, please allow me to just share that the answer is absolutely. It's super high. By comparison, Patreon is free to use, but they similarly keep a percentage of each payment and their cut ranges from 8 to 12% and there are small credit card fees on top of that. But to simplify, I'll just say that Patreon is cheaper and I think expecting people to subscribe to your podcast for over a year 
to cut down from the 30% to the 15% is a lot to ask. This, though, is just the beginning of my big picture question I'd like to pose. The question is, who is this the right fit for? Because I think it's pretty clear to see that earning subscriptions through Apple will be directly tied to not just the size of your listener base, but specifically the size of your listener base in Apple. So I do think we should all be wondering, is it worth it? Or who is this worth it for? Let me first add another small logistical plot twist to help me build toward my answer. As I was doing the research for this episode, I wondered more literally about how the paid episodes would need to be built. And the answer is that you cannot use your regular scheduling process through your hosting platform. Instead, you have to upload them directly to Apple Podcast Connect, which is not the place any of us are currently using to schedule our episodes. To keep things simple for today, a big benefit to using a podcast hosting platform is that you upload your episode in one place and it publishes not only to Apple, but also all of the other apps. So to me, this is not necessarily a deal breaker, but it's certainly a little bit inconvenient. At this point, I also looked into exclusivity clauses and Apple does make it clear that your paid content with them does not need to be exclusive. So you could list it elsewhere, but it can't be free anywhere, which honestly I think makes sense. Basically, if somebody is paying you, let's say $5 a month for content on Apple, but it's also listed for free on Spotify or your website, that would be a no-go, but you could offer it as a paid subscription somewhere else for your non-Apple listeners. So to me, that's the most logical use case. Now back to the big question, who is this for? To me, the weirdest thing about Apple paid subscriptions is just figuring out literally what to say out loud in your episode to try and get people to pay you. Because think about this episode right here. I have people tuning in using Apple, Spotify, my website at wittenwire.com, dozens of other apps I've barely heard of. And to me, the problem is that because all of you amazing listeners are using those different apps to tune in, how could I direct only some of you to subscribe using Apple? Like, sure, some of you could hit the subscribe button if I say it out loud, but then would I want to verbally offer a different option to the, I don't know, 50 to 75%-ish of my listeners who might be using another app? As a marketer, like, I inherently hate this because the more choices you give people, the less likely they are to convert. Confusion causes indecision, and indecision leads to $0. So that option sounds murky to me. What I really think is happening here is that Apple is banking on two things. Number one is that they're catering toward networks who want to have paid content and would happily use Apple paid subscriptions because they value that frictionless sale, the ease of just hitting a button that's already connected to somebody's credit card. There is no denying that your conversion will be stronger just by getting somebody to click that single button in an app they're already using versus getting them to visit a website, click more stuff, realize that they need a credit card, go find their credit card, come back, and then finally make a purchase. But the second thing that I think Apple is doing here is that they're treating podcasting like they're the only island in the sea. They don't even consider other apps because frankly, they don't have to. And I think that they're betting on the fact that if their listener experience is better and their payments are the easiest possible option to collect money, then maybe more hosts will prioritize sending people to their podcast in Apple, which means Apple is happy because more people start using them and stop using Spotify. 
I actually do sincerely believe that the combination of these enhanced listener features, these new podcast payment options, and the influence of huge networks and shows has the potential to sway more listeners back to using Apple Podcasts. I think most people only left because Apple's current listening experience is kind of blah. So if it's improved and even one of their favorite shows is paid on Apple, I think that they'll return, but we'll see. I do have one more major caution or consideration about using Apple paid subscriptions so far, and that's the fact that you don't actually get any of your subscribers' information, like their name or their email address. So let me start by saying that I completely understand why Apple isn't releasing personal information for their users. Like as somebody with an iPhone, I appreciate that immensely. And as a host, if you do have a paid podcast, to give you a sense of the data you will get, you'll be able to see things like how many subscribers you have and how much you're earning, but each person would just be anonymous. You'll see counts, but no names, no nothing. And as a consumer, again, that's great. But as a business owner, it's kind of awful because in Patreon, as a comparison, People are willingly opting in and becoming paid supporters of your show. And with that decision, they are knowingly sharing their name and email address with you. Never their credit card info. That's not shared. But in Patreon, you'll then get subscriber details. And this is key because now you can communicate with them in other ways and you can continue connecting with them. You can sell them on your business services or your courses or your templates or your ocean scented candles. So If I never had the chance to capture an email address, I wouldn't be able to build that relationship or sell anything at all. So to wrap this up, do I think Apple paid subscriptions is a good idea? Definitely for Apple as a business, but do I think it's a good idea for independent creators and business owners like us, and particularly those of us who have businesses or products or services aside from our podcast? I don't know. I'm not sold. I think Patreon is still the more inclusive option with bigger long-term benefits. And I'd be willing to sacrifice the lower conversion rate in the name of both the lower Patreon cut and the potential to earn more from each person in the future and the ability to share it with people listening on any app and not only Apple. There's one last sub-feature released alongside Apple paid subscriptions and it's a new concept called Channels. A channel is a group of podcasts, and the obvious use case here is for networks to put all their shows in one place. I am sure you may have noticed that I've used the word network a lot in this episode, and I think it's no coincidence that all of these new Apple features seem to benefit their hosts with the biggest bank accounts. Apple is a business, so I don't even blame them for it, but it's a reality I want you to be aware of, that you're using a tool that's been engineered to benefit a company much larger than most of us are. That said, channels seem kind of interesting because just as you can now pay to subscribe to a podcast, you'll also be able to follow and subscribe to channels. And I think it'll be an interesting opportunity for networks to group their shows together and create a paid monthly subscription. So I definitely predict this will quickly go to the direction of Disney Plus, Paramount Plus, and all the other pluses out there where each major network has their own small paid monthly subscription to access their catalog. I think the same thing will happen here. And channels can also be free, although I'm not sure yet if there are any real benefits. But because I'm curious and I like to try things out, I am lightly considering starting a Witten Wire channel for any of my paid students and clients. So if that's you and you're interested, DM me at Witten Wire and I'll see if there's even enough interest to explore this a little bit more. 
What it would do, I think, is just group our podcasts together on one page. And it's noteworthy that any podcast can only be in one channel. Um, So I don't even, again, know if it's possible. It's just an idea, but can be posted and stay tuned. Now, this is initially where I thought this episode would end. But then, of course, Spotify and Facebook were not to be left out of the conversation. And I want to share just the fast stats on their big announcements and then full links to more information in the show notes. So on April 27th, Spotify announced that they're rolling out paid podcast subscriptions. So obviously they are here to directly compete with Apple and it's happening through Spotify's podcast creation tool. They have a tool called Anchor. And so if you use Anchor and only if you use Anchor, you will be able to mark certain episodes as subscriber only content and publish them to Spotify and other platforms. So I don't have enough info on the logistics, but the very short version is that basically Spotify is doing the exact same thing as Apple is. However, there is one key difference, and that is how the revenue is shared. So Apple is taking that 30% cut in year one and then 15% in year two, but Spotify says that its program will be at no cost to creators. So allegedly, Creators will keep 100% of access to the revenue until spring of 2023 when they plan to introduce a 5% fee for access to the tool. Now, all of this is in beta mode, and I think it's way too early. This literally just broke within 24 hours of my episode that you're listening to right now coming out. So I have a pretty strong feeling that some of this could change or evolve, but I will put a link in the show notes to the TechCrunch article and I'll just say that what's most important about this update is that Spotify is getting in the game just as Apple is. They are in direct competition, as always, for our podcasts and for our listeners and for the money. Now, the final headline I'm going to share is actually from Facebook, and I was surprised to hear about some of the updates coming to Facebook, and then immediately I was not surprised because apps like Clubhouse are showing the literal value at the time of this recording, Clubhouse is valued at $4 billion of the audio experience industry. And so Facebook sees it and they're like, yep, we want in on that. So here are some of the new audio features coming to Facebook in the coming months. First up, they have these new audio creation tools. So just as you can post to your Facebook feed with like a photo or a video or a text caption, you'll now be able to hit basically a record button and share something to your feed. And you'll be able to use music from Facebook's approved collection as well. On top of that, they have something new called sound bites and they're describing it as a way to create short form creative audio clips for capturing anecdotes, jokes, moments of inspiration to poems and many other things we haven't yet imagined. If it isn't abundantly clear, I am reading that sentence directly from a Facebook announcement That is not how I speak English words. But I think this concept of sound bites is interesting just because I'm curious to see if it becomes mainstream. We post photos. That's something we're now used to doing publicly. And I'm super curious to see if people become accustomed to sharing sound bites. Now, of course, the headline I was most interested in was podcasts are coming to Facebook. And at first, I thought that Facebook would have podcasting as a built-in tool, and I couldn't tell how integrated this would be. But after doing a little bit more research, 
it seems basically like you'll be able to go to Spotify specifically and then share your episode to Facebook. And if you share it to your feed, somebody could hit play in Facebook and listen to it without leaving the app. And in kind of the same way that videos function, if you scroll down your feed, the episode presumably will keep playing. I honestly don't know how sticky I think this is. In other words, how many people scrolling through a feed on Facebook are going to hit play on a podcast episode and then stay in Facebook long enough to listen? Maybe I'm a little skeptical because I'm not the world's biggest Facebook fan, but I think it'll be interesting to see how that evolves and how they continue to support podcasting over time. At the same time, another announcement from this extremely packed post is that they're going to be testing live audio rooms in Facebook, and they're expecting it to be available in the app by summer of 2021. This is them directly saying, hey, we see you, Clubhouse. We think that you're a great idea. We're going to take that great idea and incorporate it into our app. Now, what I think is most interesting about that is that you heard me say that Clubhouse has been valued at $4 billion, absolute insanity, and Facebook's reach is so much bigger than Clubhouse, not only because they're bigger, but also because they're not limited to iOS devices, and that's just the start, right? So Facebook's large audience, plus the general concept that Clubhouse introduced, could be interesting to see if that becomes popular Again, this big question like, does live audio become mainstream? Really only time will tell. Then of course, the last part of this article and truly the theme of this entire episode is monetization. Facebook has also announced that creators will be able to earn money directly within the app. So as an example, when the live audio room experience launches, fans will be able to support their favorite creators and public figures through what they're calling stars, or they'll be able to donate to causes. And soon after that comes out, apparently more monetization models are going to follow from single purchase options through subscription options. And generally my vibe from this entire Facebook announcement is that they see the opportunity to monetize through audio and they are jumping fully on board. We have covered so much in this episode, more than I even thought we were going to cover when I sat down to cover Apple's big new announcements. So I hope that this has all been useful to hear about Apple paid subscriptions and then also the little bonus information about Spotify and Facebook. And if you take away nothing else from this episode, I hope that you've at least learned a little bit about where the future of podcasting is going because to me, this is honestly bigger than podcasting. To me, this is the future of the creator economy and how we pay people for their knowledge, for their information and for their creativity. So it'll be super interesting to keep an eye on this and how it evolves over time. And all I can say pretty literally is stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining us this week. To catch up on all of the articles referenced in today's episode, or to see my full list of recommended podcast hosting platforms for any budget, visit the complete show notes at witandwire.com slash 34. At Wit and Wire, we help online business owners start podcasting so they can share their message and expertise with a wider audience. And if you're interested to learn more about our programs and services, you'll find everything on our website at witandwire.com. 
Thank you again for joining me, Melissa Guller, in this episode of the Wit & Wire podcast. I'll see you next time.